Hey guys, what's going on? My name is Recall, and welcome to the Hall of Fame Podcast. So originally I wanted to get this up on Friday, so I wouldn't have to stress about getting it up a... Saturday, because it's my great-grandmother's birthday on Saturday, which which will be today when you're listening to this. So I wanted to get this up yesterday, but that didn't happen. Uh, mainly because I am at my grandmother's house right now, currently in Tuscaloosa, and I just haven't had time to record it, because it's either... Family's been over, or I've just, like, been sleeping, <laughs> honestly. And then I've been trying to get our first guest on here, and that's been kind of a hassle because of this random family stuff that popped up. So, but I do think next week, if nothing stupid happens, next week will be... Our first guest, which I'm very, very excited about it. But I had to change up the topic for this week. I originally wanted to answer a specific question for the episode that I wanted to do. But we're just going to push that back to next week. So, And I'm going to do it with my guest. So that should be fun. But this week, I just decided that I'm going to tell you guys a story... It's a story that I haven't really told anybody ever. Like, not even my closest friends know this story for real. It's basically the time that I helped someone get through their struggles, through depression, through their suicidal tendencies... And I just kind of wanted to highlight this story because I do feel like that it's important to have that person in your life that will be there for you no matter what. And someone that will truly have your back, your truly ride or die friend. Now in this scenario, the, the person that I was with was happy to be my girlfriend at the time. That doesn't really matter. It's just, you know, obviously, like, intimate, you know, kind of, like, have to be there. But that doesn't matter. The, like, the, the main point is whether you're that person or you need that person, it's always good to have the idea of what you want or who you want to be that go-to friend's that you can just lay out anything to, and they won't question it. They will be there. You can call them at 2 a.m., and they will answer the phone, and you can let out any frustration or any kind of emotion that you have, even just to hear the other person rant, or if you need to just rant to somebody. Like, you, everyone needs that kind of person. Because if you don't, then it'll have really bad you know, ramifications, you know, you'll keep your emotions in and you will end up in a place where you're either going to explode or you're, or you've already exploded and you just collapse and you do something that you're going to regret and no one really, no one wants that. No person should ever have to even think about getting to that point but we all do because sometimes life just life just gets you hard. And we all have those moments where we just break down. But the most important thing is when you break down, you have to be able to get yourself back up. Whether you just find something that you're comfortable with doing... That's something that you've always done to take your mind off everything. You know, if you need some alone time for a couple of days. Or if you 
need someone to talk to, need someone to help you build yourself back up. If you need to be, you know, if someone needs to hold your hand through the struggle that you're going through, which, like, that's not a bad thing. There's a common, like, I guess, misconception, for lack of a better word, that if you need someone to hold your hand through a certain situation, then that just makes you weak. No, it doesn't. That is a flat-out lie. If someone gives you the illusion that you feel like you need to have someone hold your hand through a certain situation, and that's a bad thing, then they do not know what they're talking about. Like, it's not a bad thing to have someone guide you through anything. It's never a bad thing. In fact, in a lot of situations, it's almost preferred than you doing something by yourself. You know, like, walking with someone in the dark is better than walking alone in the light. That's a common saying. But, anyway, uh, this story took place a couple years ago. Um, She was, and still is, very, very important to me. Uh, Even though we're not dating anymore, she's still my best friend, and I still love her with all my heart. She was my first love, so it's going to be real interesting reflecting back to what happened back then, because that, that whole, the story I'm about to tell you guys is probably the one story that has affected me the most throughout my life and it resonates with me so much and there's a reason why I haven't told anybody this but I guess just stop talking let's just go ahead and get into it (laughs) so like I said this story takes place a couple of years ago, about a couple of years ago, I believe this is the summer going into my eighth grade year. I mean, eighth grade year, going into my ninth grade year. My bad. Um, also, before I start, sorry if you can hear a fan in the background. It's the ceiling fan, and I can't control the noise, but I need it on because I get hot very easily and stuff, so sorry, but anyway, summer going into ninth grade year, freshman year in high school, and a couple months before me and her started dating, she, a a very tragic event happened in her life, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say what it was, Um, I'll just say she lost a loved one, is all I'm gonna say. And no one should have to go through that. It was a very, very, like, just, I don't know. It's kind of hard to put into words. It's just something that no one should really have to go through. Like, losing anybody, no one should really have to suffer through. But we all do. But that happened a couple of months before we started dating. And... It was a lot, obviously, for her to handle, and she was very, very depressed and struggling to struggling to deal with it, didn't really know what to do. She was letting a little bit of everything get into her head. And letting every little thing, someone that around her contribute contribute to her depression, and it just kept getting worse. And I was when we started dating, and I found out about everything. I was there for her as much as I possibly could be, and. 
eventually, you know, I figured out that she started, you know, having suicidal thoughts and tendencies. Um, besides her, her losing a loved one, she was also getting bullied a crap ton for absolutely no reason. People were just on her 24-7. It's like every single time she got home from somewhere or some some friend or whatever came over to her house or something, she was constantly getting bullied by somebody. Whether it was her friends, her dad, somebody was putting her down or like not not being there whenever she needed it. And it was like like it was it was really stupid. It was really dumb. And you know, I can only do so much when I'm not like living there with her. Like it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to try to you know, help someone when you're not there all the time, like physically there all the time. Or at all. So like you can imagine that like how worried I'm getting about her and you know I see that she's starting to harm herself and at that point I'm just kind of like okay red light flashing red light flashing red light uh this is a really bad situation and I'm trying to, you know, calm her down. I'm trying to obviously get her to stop self-harming. Um, and, you know, she just kind of goes in and out of, you know, like, there's good days and bad days, but the bad days were really freaking bad. And it just felt like she wouldn't listen to anything that I was trying to tell her. To help her, you know, like, I was kind of afraid to give her space, because you never know what's going to happen, especially, like, in her situation, because she was so unpredictable in what she would do, so she started kind of pushing me away, and I noticed it, and I tried my best to not let it happen, but eventually she just blocked me on everything and I was just kind of appalled and I'm like what like what exact like there has to be something that I can do like I can't just sit here and let my girl block me on everything while she is going through a very depressing time a very bad time in her life and she's trying to push herself away and lock herself into a corner and you know like I'm not trying to lose her in any kind of way like I was in love with her again first love you never really get over your first love that whole saying it's true like still haven't <laughs> never really will but, like, I can't just sit here and do nothing, but I didn't really know what to do. Because, like, I've been through situations before where I've helped people get through their struggles and help them with their depression and make sure they don't do anything that might, do anything that might regret. But, but those, I was physically there. With those people, I could physically be there and comfort them. Can do that. So I just have to hope that she'll just talk to me about anything at this point. I was getting really desperate to try and just get any kind of contact in contact with her. And... So, one day, she just randomly, it's been, like, a few days, I guess, to this point, which she blocked me and everything, and she randomly texts me, and I'm getting the feeling that she's crying, 
because like she she told me she was crying, but I didn't really know. But I'm gonna take I'm gonna take her at word. She told me she was crying and that she was really sorry for what she had done and everything. She said that she was going to try and get herself better and everything. And that she was going to try to refrain from self-harming and all the stuff and that, you know, gave me a big sigh of relief. I was very happy. It's very, you know, proud of her that she could, that she refrained from going further, and that she's going to try and control her emotions. But you know, like saying it is one thing, actually doing it is a completely different story. So, like as the days went on. She just kept getting worse and worse when it came to her depression. She was constantly telling me, you know, really dark things about, you know, like, uh, what's the word? Theorizing if, if she wasn't here anymore, why is my loved one gone like, what am I supposed to do? I don't really have an importance on this planet. No one really cares about me. You know, like, that that whole thing. That was getting a lot worse. And, again, you know, I'm trying to be there for her, comfort her. You know, I'm on the phone with her pretty much every day. Just trying to make sure she's okay. Make sure she's eating and all that stuff, making sure that she's not, you know, harming herself in any way, shape, or form. But she still, she falls back into self-harming herself again. And, you know, it's like, it's very, it's very difficult to try and keep a level head when you know that the that when you know that you can do something and you know that you can help a person get out of the situation that they're in and you know that the person you know they want help and you know that they want to stop doing this to themselves. But the thing that everyone has to understand is that your mind, your mind loves playing tricks on you. Not the mind that you make. Let me see. I, it's hard to word this. Not the minds that you. That you. Like your first thought, the first thoughts that pop up in your head, not that mind. It's more just your conscience, you know, like the part of your brain that does your deep thinking. It's that part of your minds that will really play mind games on you and will force you to think about, you know, what if I just wasn't here anymore? What if I did this to myself, how long can I go without eating, can I go without eating for this amount of days and still be fine, you know, like, making you think about doing these things to yourself that you just, that, like, that you just don't have to do, that you really shouldn't do, and for me, it was hard to try to get her to see that it's just her mind playing tricks on her, because she couldn't see that. She was just all up in, like, full throttle in, like, in her depression and in her suicidal thoughts and that stuff. And I'm losing, like, not really, like, like losing my patience. I'm just starting to get kind of frustrated with it because this has been going on for a little while now and she was going back and forth and so you know 
going back and forth from, you know, like, you know, I'm going to be okay. I'm, I'm going to stop doing this to immediately falling back and started cutting whenever, you know, her dad said something to her that made her upset or whenever she got bullied from one of her friends, you know, like, again, it's hard to try to help someone when you can't physically be there. It's really hard because, like, words can do a lot, but, like, being being there with somebody and actually showing them some, sorry, showing them some sort of action will mean so much more to somebody than just typing a few words on your virtual keyboard and sending them and hope they work. Like, it's just, like, that. that's just facts. That's just the way it is. So, at a certain point, you know, she goes a few weeks without doing anything. And I don't like, remember ex- what exactly happened. Something happened and she ended up cheating on me. I don't remember all the details, but I just remember that she ended up cheating on me with some dude. And I didn't know about it until she told me. Because, like, the dude was a jerk. Because, of course he was. And... And she flat out told me that, like, hey, I cheated on this guy. But he was a jerk. And, you know, I want you. I don't want anyone. I just want you. And I'm kind of like... Hmm. So you cheated on me with the dude. That I don't know, that I didn't know about until you told me, and the early reason that you told me is, that is because he was a jerk. Okay, that makes sense. So, as you can imagine, I was kind of mad at that. Just a little bit mad. So, I kind of, so I just, I didn't talk to her at all for a few days, something like that, and, you know, like, when I finally decided to text her back and be like, hey, it, like, it's fine, it's okay, I forgive you, I take you back, all that stuff. Um, when that day came, uh, I found out that she had been taking a lot of pills. And, like, like she was trying to overdose, essentially. And when she made, like, it, the amount of pills that she was taking wasn't enough to actually overdose. It was just, it was the beginning of her attempting suicide. And at another point, I'm just like, oh, no, this is not happening. I don't care how you feel. I I am not going to allow you to do this to yourself because that is a painful ass way to go out. You're not going out, period. I will stay on your behind for as long as I have to. You are not. You are not doing anything like that. I just kind of tried to. I kind of tried to be more assertive about it, and like try to be more. You know, like, forceful with the way that I was feeling about her potentially, you know, uh, committing suicide. And, you know, like, it worked for a time, like, maybe about, like, a week. Maybe it worked where, you know, like, we were fine. We were, you know, semi, like, just back together and stuff and everything was kind of getting back to normal. But, again, you know, like, her emotional state is so fragile that, like, any little thing that gets her upset will force her to go right back down to square one with with her falling deep into depression and just her going back into that mode where she just doesn't care about what she does anymore. And she just, and she just start, starts doing stuff. So, the... I guess, I don't, it's a, it's a really weird 
two days that that I'm about to talk about. Because this is the only time, well, this is the last time that I've ever done this, and the only time I've ever done this for somebody. I don't think I've ever done it for anybody since. But it's getting near the end of summer, and you know everything is fine. Everything's normal. She's been fine for a couple days. She hasn't done anything for a couple days. And all of a sudden, I get this text from her. And it says that I can't do this anymore. Like, paraphrasing, because I don't remember it, obviously. But it's to the effect of, I'm going to end it all today. I can't do this anymore. That's basically what I said. And... I was in a restaurant, I was in Tuscaloosa, and I was in a restaurant with my dad and my brother and my sister. And, you know, I hate showing any kind of emotion around my dad because he will just, he's so nosy to the fact that, like, if I I show any kind of emotion, he has to know what's going on at that moment and I can't get out of it. So, like, it just makes me uncomfortable to talk about, you know, like, my emotions with him. But, she texts me that, and we're on the, like, we're on the way to the restaurant, and that's the text I get. And, I start tearing up, but I try to keep everything in check, and I try texting her. And try to get her to calm down, and try to get her to not end it all that day because like it's one thing for her to harm herself it's one like to get out of emotion it's another thing to for her to start taking pills but not enough pills for her to actually overdose it is a completely different stratosphere when someone just file tells you i'm ending it today there's nothing you can do about it and she starts saying her goodbyes through text message I didn't know how to handle the situation. The situation is freaking awkward. Because, like, because on one hand, I'm trying to not show any emotion with my dad. Because I have to tell him what's going on, and I don't want to. And on on the other hand, I'm trying to stop my girlfriend from ending it all. And, like, just leaving me alone. Because, again, I'm deeply in love with this person at this point in time. I'm deeply in love with her. She's my first love that I've ever had. I'm not trying to lose that. No one's ever trying to lose that. Like, if you're trying to lose, like, if you're capable of losing that, then you're actually nuts. Like, I'm, oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm cheering up now thinking about it. Oh, boy. Oh, this is a story. Um. I hate myself. Stop tearing up. Or was it? Okay. So, we get to the restaurant, and we're sitting down, and I'm still texting her, trying to get her to stop, and I'm also trying not to cry in front of my dad and my sister, my brother, and she calls me while we're eating, and... You know, I do, like, the best, I gotta go to the bathroom of my life in front of my dad. And so, I walk outside, and I'm on the phone with her, and she just flat out says, I can't do this anymore. I'm ending it all tonight. I love you. And hangs up the phone. And I couldn't really get a word in. And all the emotion that I was feeling at that point in time, I couldn't really, I still can't describe it. It's hard to, it's it like, I don't really know how you describe that. You know, like, just, just setting, just setting the picture here. Your first love, you know, 
I'm what, 14? <laughs> I'm 14 going into freshman year of high school. And your first love tells you that he slash she, he slash she is going to end it all and there's nothing you can do about it. Like that's hard that's hard to imagine. It's hard to picture. But that's what happened. That's what she said. So I go back into the restaurant and you could just tell that I'm about to explode with tears. And my dad heavily says it. Like he like he, he could tell that something was wrong with me when I walked back into the uh, restaurant and sat back down. He could tell. And my eyes were so watery, I don't know how I wasn't crying yet. But my eyes were so watery that he had to ask me, like, what was going on. And then I told her what was going on. Told her. Told him. My bad. <laughs> I told him what was going on. And... Like, my dad, like, when it comes to, like, depression and, like, just mental health in general to my dad, he doesn't really understand it. Like, he's not that old. He's, like, like, he's 41 now, but, like, at the time, he was, like, 30-something. He was, like, 38, something like that. So, like, he's not that old, but, like, mental health and depression and all that stuff, like, he didn't really understand it, and he didn't know how to react to it when I told him. And basically, the only like, like he didn't really try to like help me out. Like literally, what he like what he said at that time at the table was, you know, like I don't, I can't have you crying in a restaurant. I can't have you crying in a public place. Like either like go to the bathroom and let it out and come back, or just go to the car and we'll bring you your food to the car. That's like that's verbatim what he said to me at that time. So I'm like, I screw it. I just go to the bathroom and cry it out. So I go to the bathroom and I just start bawling out. And I'm just hoping that no one walks in while I'm just hogging up the stall, bawling my tears out. Cause, like, if you know me. You know that, A, I don't really show any emotion. B, I don't cry. <laughs> I just don't. I, I'm immune to emotion and I'm immune to crying. That was the last time I cried. Like, ever. Like, if I told you at some point... That I was crying, I was lying. I was just doing that because my eyes were watery and it felt like I was gonna cry, but I didn't act like no tears like actually rolled down my face. That was the last time I legitimately cried about anything, and I was just going off. I was in the bathroom for probably like a good ten minutes, just straight up crying. And I'm still, like, 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 and I'm spamming her phone, like, please, please don't do this, please don't go, you don't have to do this, I love you, I'm in love with you, I will forever be in love with you, like, I'm, I'm saying, I'm throwing the freaking everything but the kitchen sink at her, try to get her to just, to not do anything, until I can actually, like, get there, so, I get done crying, and I get back to the table, and I don't say a word, I am completely, I'm completely silent, and I just eat my food, and we get back to the car, and my dad is trying to, she said, she, why do I keep saying she, holy moly, he keeps saying that I should just try and get her help, and everything, like, actual help, and I'm saying her, like, tried to do that, that didn't happen, because she can't really afford a therapist, and stuff, and, like, her dad didn't really do, like, help with anything, as far as I can remember, her dad didn't really help with anything, 
So, so it's just kind of, so it's like professional help wasn't really an option. I'm balling like a bitch. <laughs> it, I'm just kind of like, I don't know what to do. And at which point we're on our way back home. Keep in mind, my dad lives in Calera. We're in Tuscaloosa. It's a pretty long way home. It's like, the, like with the way he, the route he drives, it's an hour. So, from Tuscaloosa to Calera. On the way back, I'm still spamming her phone, trying to keep her distracted from doing anything. Somehow, not working, but I'm I'm trying, and we get to a point where we have to drop off my sister, and I just start spamming her phone, like calling her, because like I got out the car and I just started calling her, spamming her phone, and she picked up, and. I tried talking to her. She didn't say anything. But she said, like, can you, uh, like, FaceTime me? Which, like, by FaceTime, I mean Uvu when Uvu was a little thing. Because we Uvu back then. Because I have an Android phone because I'm a loser. But besides the point, <laughs> um, she asked me if we could Uvu. And I said, no, because I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to talk to you. And I just want to hear your voice. Please don't go. Please don't do this. And she hangs up the phone. And I'm like, well, you know, like, I can't, like, what am I supposed to do at this point? Like, like I can't tell my dad to drive, like, 120 down the freaking highway. Like, I can't, like, I can't speed the process of me getting back to my dad's house. So I'm just kind of, so I'm just, I'm, I'm just in my head, like, just please like, I'm saying, please don't die over and over and over in my head. And it gets to the point where we're in Calera, almost to my dad's house, and I text her saying, I'm almost home. Please, please don't go. I'm almost home. I'll be home in two minutes. Please don't go. Like, just, again, like, just trying to keep her distracted. She doesn't answer the phone. I mean, she doesn't answer my text. So, I... So I get, we get back to my dad's house, and I sprint to the room I'm staying in. I sprint there immediately, close and lock the door so my brother can't go in there and annoy me. Because my brother was like at the time six, so he sh- so he doesn't know what any of, what any of this crap's going on, nor should he. He's six, so. So I close so I close the door and lock it and I call her immediately and she answers and I say I'm home and all that stuff and we get on Uvu and I see her face and she looks completely exhausted. She looks so drained of like if you've ever like played a sport or anything and you have to do conditioning for it, anytime you get done with conditioning, that's how she looked. <laughs> she looked dead. Like her body just like her body language was I don't give a like I don't care about anything on this planet right now. It looked it, it was bad. It was really, really bad. And I'm just like I don't really know what to say. Like I'm trying to, you know, make sure he's okay and everything. And she's and she's just not talking. Like she, like she, she hasn't done anything, but she's just not talking to me. Like she's just chilling there. I think she's like she was on the computer. She was doing some stuff on the computer, and she would look at me and not say anything. Just go back to the computer and. I'm just trying to say anything that'll get your attention. And eventually she starts talking to me and she starts talking about how, you know, like, why do you want me here? Why do you want me to stay here? Why should I just end it right now? And I'm just... Like the like the only thing I can say is that is just because I I love you. 
Like that that's the only thing that came into my head at that moment in time was just I love you. I'm in love with you. Please don't go. You're everything to me. You will always be everything to me. Please don't go. I just kept repeating like that essentially some like that sequence in like different order in a different order. I just kept saying that over and over. And you know, like she was smiling and she started to cry and I'm trying to like you know like get her to stop crying. Like it's it's gonna be okay. It's okay. And she goes to the kitchen and then like gets a thing of pills. And I, and I start freaking out, like, no, please, please don't, like, don't get the pills, don't use the pills, all that stuff. And she just, she sits there with a blank expression on her face and takes, like, five or six pills and just downs them immediately. And I'm like, why are you, like, why are you doing this? Like, you don't need to do this and she she just doesn't say anything and she eventually she tried pushing me away again you know like trying to get me to leave the call and everything and I said no <laughs> I'm not leaving this freaking call and I'm also not gonna watch you like I'm not gonna stay here and watch you down these pills in front of my face while I can't do anything about it. Like, watching someone do that is the most heartbreaking thing I have ever had happen to me in my life. Like, again, like, just, like, just, just setting the scene for you guys. She told me that she was going to end it all today. I get home. We were on, we're, we're FaceTiming. And she is, like, you look at her and you're watching her overdosing on pills. And you can't do anything about it. Like, you just have to sit there and just hope that she doesn't overdose and die. And throughout the night, you know, like, because I didn't leave the call, I was still just saying things to her. And eventually we're having a conversation like, things just kind of, I guess, like, the tension, it was kind of less tense. Things got kind of, you know, like, we started having a normal conversation. But throughout the entire night, she was still just popping pills randomly. And I'm just, like, I can't say anything. Like, at this point, I can't really say anything. So I'm so I just 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 have to sit there and watch her pop pills, and you know like at the, like we stayed up till probably you know like four ish in the morning or something like that, and we've been in the like and I've been on the call with her for like probably six hours at this point. Actually, that's probably been longer. Because I think I got home... I think I got to my dad's house... At like 6.30 or 7. So... And we stayed in the call like all night. So I'm pretty sure that it was... Probably about 7-8 hours at this point. We've been in the call and we're still awake. So it was probably about... 3-4 in the morning. Something like that. And, you know, like, eventually she gets off the computer and everything, and she goes through her bed, and she lays down, and this is the, like, this is the only time I've ever done this for anybody, and I don't know if I ever will do this for anybody ever again, <laughs> or if I would do it for anybody else, because it's like staying in the call for that long like watching someone you love uh, trying trying to kill themselves it's nothing that is nothing I've ever seen before in my life so eventually 
I just tried to get her to go to sleep so she would stop popping pills. So I got her to go to sleep and she eventually just dropped and um, I wasn't really that tired yet because you know like my adrenaline is still pumping from earlier and everything so I wasn't really that tired yet. So I just watched her sleep for a little bit and just, you know, like, make sure that she doesn't start, like, seizuring or some shit. I don't know what happens when you overdose. I don't know. I think you just die in your sleep. But I don't know how it works. I'm not a doctor. I, so I'm just making sure that nothing happens during while she sleep. Then eventually I fall asleep. And we, like, the weirdest thing ever. We both wake up at the exact same time. And for whatever reason, miraculously, we're both still in the call. None of us accidentally hung up, but we're both asleep. So it's like phone sleeping together. I don't know. It's freaking weird. I don't know how you phrase that. I don't know. You like we we fell asleep together on the phone. I guess is what you would say. And um, like on Facetime or whatever. And we woke up at the exact same time. And she was so surprised that I stayed in the call for as long as I did. And I just said, I'm not letting you go. It's not happening. Jeez, I hate myself, dude. <sighs> Sorry for this pause. I'm... Mm. I'm getting, I'm getting kind of, mm, getting kind of emotional a little bit. Ugh. Hate myself. I hate emotions. <laughs> um, but we woke up at the exact same time, and she was very surprised that I stayed in the call for as long as I did. And at this point, it was about. 20 something that wasn't a full 24 obviously i think and that wasn't it was like 8 17 18 hours by the time we both woke up is how long we were in the i was in the call with her and i stayed in the call with her all day i talked to her all day and at that point she realized that you know like people like that she does have a place in the world she does have a place in this world that people do care about her that she does matter and she kind of had that realization when i didn't give up on her and um from that moment on she kind of she she 100% changed her ways and it was for the better and um uh down the line we ended up having to break up because of her dad, her uh, dad being racist, of course. <laughs> because of course we're in the south. I don't know what you expect, <laughs> but it was fine because we were still talking and everything. And and to this day we still talk. We're still best friends. I still love her. She's still my first love. Still won't ever be truly over her. Uh, but, uh, I mean, after that, though, there was a time where, I like, I, I don't, like, at this point, school started, so we weren't talking as much, because, like, we were both busy with school stuff, you know, like, I was playing football, by this point in time, and getting ready for the season to start, and all that stuff, so, so we weren't talking as much, like, I didn't have as much time to talk to her, so, I'm just, so, I don't, so I don't know what happened, and I, and I don't know what led her to do this, but at some point during, like, like, we didn't talk for, like, two weeks, because she, she got her phone taken away. 
And so I don't know what she did to do that, but there was a point in time where she overdosed on pills. Like, she relapsed, kind of, and overdosed on pills, and she took a crap ton of pills, like, more than she had ever taken, from what I was told, and she just went, and, like, and she started having, like, bad things happening to her, and she ended up being in the hospital for, like, a month. Like, it was that bad. So, like, I tried texting her, but I didn't hear for her in a, from her in a while, and she didn't answer the phone. And I was getting really, really worried. And no one really told me, what, like, what happens. Because, like, like, she was in the hospital for a month, but we didn't end up talking again until, like, six months after that. Is when she finally randomly texted me out of the blue. So at that point, like, there was just messages on her phone. And I legitimately thought that she was just, like, they, like either her phone took it away or that she was, like, legitimately gone. And that in itself was hard to deal with. Because, like, I couldn't talk to anybody that, like, I, like I, didn't, I didn't know anybody that knew her. So I couldn't ask anybody like what like if she was okay or because I didn't know anybody that knew her. So I just had to wait, and waiting six months is a long ass time to wait for someone to text you back. Especially when you don't think they're on the earth anymore. That's a long time. But eventually, like just randomly, she texted me, and when I tell you, my whole world lit up at that point. Because, again, like, I thought that she was gone. So my whole world, like, lit up. And I was so happy to see that she was okay. And that, like, the worst thing that happened, that she, the worst thing that happened is that she ended up in a hospital. That was the worst thing that happens. And I'm very, very glad. And from that point on, she's been fine ever since. As far as, like, the suicide tendencies go. Like, obviously, you know, going through life, life is hard. Things will happen to you. You get down and all that stuff. But it never got back to that point where she was on the verge of dying. It never got back there. And, you know, to this day, we still talk. We're still friends. And everything probably said it like three times already but it's fine i don't care <laughs> but yeah that is the story <laughs> uh again like i said there's a reason why i don't tell that story to anybody or that i haven't told the story to anybody because it's a real hard-hitting story that i don't really like, just thinking about that time is, like, a, it's an instant trigger for me to tear up. Like, I teared up probably, like, four or five times talking about this alone. And it happened, like, six years ago. Not six years ago. How old am I? 18? Four years ago. What the hell? Jeez. But, uh... Yeah, it... Mm. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to look back on, but again, you know, more of the story is if you know somebody that is even remotely similar to the, to the situation that she was in, don't give up. There's always some kind of way that you can help a person get out of a, get, like, get themselves out of their own head. Like, if you know that that's a potential tendency, don't give up. Don't let them out of your sight. Don't let them push you away. Because, like, even though, like, they say they might need space, they don't really need space. They want you to comfort them. Again, it's just their mind playing tricks on them, you know? So, just don't, don't give up on anybody. Like, if it seems like they're just hopeless... And, you know, like, they're just a lost cause. They're not. 
like, they want help, they want the pain to go away, it's just, their mind's playing tricks with them how to make the pain go away, it just gives them more pain, in the end, and it puts them in a situation that nobody wants to be in, and it makes them want to do things to themselves that no one should ever have the thought of doing, and, um, if you, and if you're in that position, of where you feel like that you don't have a place in the world, that you don't have anywhere to go. You need to find a way, some kind of way to tell yourself that your mind is wrong. Your mind is just trying to get you to do thing to do something that you're gonna regret forever and that everyone's going to have to remember you by and no one wants that no one wants to remember you know a person by them committing suicide no one wants to have that be their last memory of you or have that be why you're not there anymore if you if you are in that position and you have a friend that is trying to be there for you you have to let them in you have to Let the friend be there for you. Let the friend take the pain off you. You can't take it off yourself. You need someone to hold your hand to get you through the situation that you're in. It's not okay to try and do it yourself because at that point, in this, like in that point, in your state of mind. Nobody can do, nobody can get themselves out of that situation by themselves without any help from anybody else. It's pretty much impossible because everyone that's ever tried to do it has ended up either committing suicide or come really damn close to it. And no one needs to go through that pain and suffering. It's not worth it. It'll never, it'll never be worth it. And... Everyone deserves to have someone that's about to die for them. Everyone deserves to live. Everyone deserves to have a second chance on life when you think that it's all gone. <sighs> and what are we at? 50 minutes? Jesus. That is a lot. <laughs> Um, so, I guess closing remarks here, I am very, very happy I'm able to tell that story and not cry. Um, if you're still listening, I want to say thank you. Um, also, I want to say thank you to all the support that we got for last week's episode. I really appreciate you guys on that. That meant a lot to me. You know, we got over... Uh, 20 listeners for episode 2 about high school and my top 3 things of what you need to get through high school so if you're listening to this episode and you haven't go ahead and check that out go ahead and check it out also listen to my introductory episode and if you're listening to this on Anchor be sure to favorite the podcast to make sure that you never miss an upload if you're listening to this on anything other than Anchor please make sure you leave a, a rating and uh feedback so that way the next episode will be better and yeah i think i think that is it for me guys um, I, I do like, you know, these kind of, you know, me telling a story kind of shows. I think, you know, me, have, me having, like, one long talk and stuff, trying to break it down, break down something into different categories. Um, I mean, like, again, this is only the third episode, so I think that, you know, there's still a ton of room to grow. There's still new ideas that I can come up with. There's new formats I can do for every episode. So I think that, you know, we'll be fine. 
it's all it's just, it's just all about you know like figuring out what I want to do, and um, also figuring out you know like what you guys want to listen to, you know like if you guys like st- if you guys like stories like this, I mean I have I have plenty, I have plenty of stories of where I've helped people get through their depression and get through the situation. I have plenty of stories like that. It's just that this one is the one that's had the most effect on me. And, like, the one that I always think about, like, just on a whim, you know, like, this, like, this comes to put me in my head a lot, especially when I'm talking to her, which she is still my best friend. So, you know, I'm trying to think about what else I want to say here before I... Get out of your guys' way. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. And um, if you guys want to hear me talk about anything specific, um, just let me know. Again, leave uh, feedback on other platforms if you're, listening to, if you're listening to anything other than Anchor. If you're on Anchor, you know, shoot me a voice message. You know, it takes, you know, 10 seconds to record a voice message. Just send me a voice message of what you want to listen to or thoughts you want to talk about or questions you may have. And just let me know. Uh, yep, I think that's it for me, guys. So, I guess now we're going to get into the song. So, the song I picked for this week is Hold On To You, obviously. I mean, obviously, because not everyone knows the song, but um, the name of the song is Hold On To You, which is kind of what I made this podcast about, you know, holding on to your loved ones that are going through things. Um, Hold On To You is a song by Nathan Sharp, a.k.a. Nate Wants To Battle, if you've ever heard of him. He's a really popular, um, really, really popular, like, YouTuber. Uh, like he he makes songs on YouTube and everything. He has a ton of cup co- ton of song covers. He does like popular song covers, anime covers. He has a lot of a lot of original songs. They're all very good. I love his voice, and as you can tell by the style, it's more of like a rock, like rock uh type feel. Um, he makes really good songs, and I freaking love him. He's awesome. Uh, he has a YouTube channel, you know, it's youtube.com slash name the battle, or just look up Nathan Sharp on YouTube. All of his songs are good. He has a really good voice. In, but without further ado, let's get into it. It's a really good song, so I hope you guys like it. I will see you guys next week, where we will hopefully have our first guest. Stay true, guys. Peace. No pride, I need something to have.
Shut up!